This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I've got kids, and that means it's always about them. But I need support too. That's where Ollie comes in with their delightful, hardworking gummies. My partner and I can actually get a good night's sleep, so we'll both stand a chance of managing our stress responses. Even when the kids are doing parkour in the living room, discover Ollie vitamins and supplements. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Erin Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. I've been thinking a lot about how attention is most definitely the currency of our times. I think we've always wanted attention. I think social media has enabled us to seek attention. But much like the value of the dollar has gone down, I think the value of attention has gone down. And it's not easy to be proactive in seeking high-quality attention without having, you know, figured it out or figured out how to do that. And and part of that, I think, might be developmentally. Like, I think we always seek out low levels of attention when we're younger or finding ways to, to, to become, uh, you know, for the spotlight to be on us in some sort of way. I think social media has allowed us to think about it more often and more regularly and to maybe have some increasingly mismatched expectations of what the results of attention seeking will be. So something like social media, where you're getting likes and shares, you can take no time at all and post something and get a couple likes, or you'll take a lot of time to produce something of high quality and value that people are looking to pay their attention for. And you'll get all sorts of likes around that and shares and comments and engagement. Uh, But then ultimately, it kind of moves on and fizzles and you have to make more. Now, I've worked in marketing agencies and it is a machine. You have to keep making stuff. You have to keep going to keep the value of the attention that you can hoard or provide high. And that just takes continual effort. It's like the newer version of building an industrial machine and literally collecting dollars, except now you're collecting attention, which is more intangible. And it's hard to tell how much we have or how much we can spend. And, you know, attention is not limitless. I think we have attention deficits as you know, we've got attention deficit hyperactivity disorder uh, that's being diagnosed more and more. 
there there is a relationship i think to attention disparity and attention desires and uh so i mean you think about school and attention deficit is like we want you to pay attention to this specific thing and you're not able to give that attention and it might be because of like a personality type thing and simply your attention is everywhere and you can't be the type of person that focuses on something that you're not personally interested in and that's a challenge and even now with social media where we can invest a lot of time into something that we're interested in it doesn't necessarily mean that we will get the attention reward for for giving our attention to the thing meaning that if we're posting something online and our intent is to like eventually sell something or to get attention from a potential mate or I don't know whatever it is we're trying to do we're not even sure what we're trying to do we're just doing it compulsively that lowers the value of our attention because we're giving it away freely we're just you know we're, we're trying to uh, give attention with our likes and shares meaning the ones that we provide to others and the attention we provide to others watching stories or watching YouTube videos and stuff like that and I'm self-examining while I'm talking uh, about this and then also trying to gain attention currency by posting things and getting likes and and getting social currency out of it and uh, you know Chris Rock talks about on his special uh, selective outrage he says that we're all addicted to attention and I think that's true I think it's a currency that has there's more of it, but because there is more of it, the value of it has diluted. And I, I think that's why spaces or people or coaches or anything like that that are creating high value, high focus, uh, highly immersive experiences or things like Marvel movies or <laughs> high budget films are <clears throat> interesting or, or um garner so much attention is because they are producing uh, high immerse high immersion experiences that you're paying a lot more attention for and you know the economics of it are kind of separate uh, in terms of like movie theaters and stuff like that but people pay thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars to have a therapist pay attention to them and listen to them or they pay thousands of dollars to go on a retreat to have full-time attention with somebody that they deem to be of high value and who has high value who have has social uh, capital and social proof and social currency and something that they can actually tangibly provide some sort of value to in their life and so those things are becoming much more valuable whereas something like posting more frequently online you know the value of that it's like it's like uh i don't know it's like gold versus bronze i suppose or copper i would even say it's like you need a lot more copper to equal the value of of gold and gold in this case being like immersive experiences versus uh copper or some sort of cheap metal or rocks being you know social media posts and the back and forth of that kind of attention and low value attention uh and and you know we're giving away our attention all the time by responding to notifications 
uh, at any given time, being uh, very immersed in in tinkering and emails and busy work. Um, it, it might be a particularly millennial problem as we've become kind of addicted to doing schoolwork outside of school. <laughs> you know, we had, like we got addicted to homework, and we're constantly busy and trying to prove our value when the value of our time and attention is not equal to dollars these days. Uh, there is at least not a one-to-one correlation and we really have to work at making, I mean, by we, I mean on a personal level, work at making a higher value one-to-one correlation between the time that we put and attention we put out and what we get in return. Uh, and so the, you know, there, there is this interesting relationship, I think, with attention and, yeah, so I was at an event in November and I noticed that somebody, the event that I, that I work for, uh, that I was working for at the time was an event that I, I know that the people have paid thousands of dollars to be there. They took a hundred hour course and then they showed up at the live event and they put much, like physical dollars into showing up to this event. And being the camera person and the producer of the live event, I am paying attention to everybody. And one person in particular was basically on their phone playing games the whole time. And I thought that was interesting. Now, I know as a kid in school, I used to sit in the back of the room and draw, and that helped me listen to the content. You know, maybe that person was more of an auditory person and that helped them to kind of passively listen to what was going on. But I also know that when you're not giving your attention freely away as much on things like social media, then you have more attention to give in high touch, high value situations. So giving attention away and, uh, uh, means that you don't have enough to give when it matters. And I suspect that that was a part of that person's uh, situation. I don't know for sure, but that's what I'm surmising from what I have observed. So I just thought it was really interesting. And, um, you know, with with the Chris Rock special, and he talked about attention being a part of our addiction these days, that, you know, we're seeking attention in, in four ways. And he said it as a joke, but I see it as, as, you know, a pattern that is unseeable at this point. Uh, number one, showing your ass on the internet. <laughs> like, you know, who, who doesn't want to see that? That's definitely something that works. Uh, number two, being infamous, which is like, you know, being provocative, high, having strong opinions, being extreme, uh, getting noticed by being, you know, by, by being someone that is a troublemaker of sorts. And number three, uh, being excellent, which can be like being the highest paid wrestler or uh, highest paid tennis player or a kid that throws a ball 600 yards into a toilet or something. Right. Like it was something that 
garners some sort of attention. What I'm seeing going around these days right now is like this, this video of this child over-intellectualizing emotions and talking about their, their emotional experience with their, their parents. And, um, it's very troubling to me, but a lot of people are passing it around because they're like, Oh my God, this kid is a genius. He's so intelligent. He's so emotionally intelligent. I'm like, I don't know if he knows what he's saying. <laughs> he's just what it's just, he's saying what his parents want him to say, because that's developmentally appropriate to parent what, to parrot what your parents want you to say. Uh, I don't know that the kid has actually absorbed that, but so there's stuff like that that goes around of what we deem as excellence that has gets, gets thrown around as uh, popular. And then the last one is being a victim which is hard for me to even say because I've made a podcast of over 500 episodes talking about my internal experience and sharing my story and wanting to get attention for having mental health challenges. Now, the things have changed for me because I'm trying to more so share my experience and hopefully it helps. Uh, and I've definitely wanted a return for sharing this and I haven't really gotten what I've wanted out of it. So this disparity is there. Um, but I think all four of those different types of people experience these kinds of disparities of what they want out of the attention that they're hoping to get and how that leads to perhaps like fulfillment or monetary gain or safety and security needs or self-esteem or things like that, both tangible and intangible things. And so like my hope, I, I've always hoped that this podcast could pay the bills. Like I, I love doing this because I like talking and I like sharing these ideas. Um, but if it doesn't pay the bill, pay the bills, I'm like, what am I doing this for? Why am I giving all this attention away? And, you know, sharing these stories and insights, if it doesn't really like mean anything or amount to anything or, or get the bills paid, which are very valuable desires that come out of you know, giving and wanting attention and attention is also very much an ego thing. You know, like we, we're all very self-centered naturally. Like an ego is a part of our life. It's an organ. It's like, it's what makes our safety and survival needs, um, matter. Meaning that like, if you're in a tribe and people like you, like, like a clan, you know, a clan of individualists, not family, but if you're in some sort of a clan, like on the show Survivor, Survivor, and people like you, then you're more likely to survive. And it's an expansion of that survival mechanism. And so it's this feeling of like, more people like me, that I'm safer, and I feel safe. And, you know, there's an interesting relationship to that as well. So, uh, you know, all of this to me leads to aspects of really protecting this attention that we give and we take and understanding how I think this currency can be measured is in understanding how we feel when we give our attention and running experiments on ourselves. Like a lot of the ethos that I bring to this podcast or to my life is that contrast reveals all things. So if you're 
feeling, if you're not sure about your relationship to attention and you're like, I'm on social media all the time and it's fine and I never burn out. I'm like, congratulations, you're a superhuman. But if you're constantly burning out, like try getting rid of social media for a while and seeing how your energy sustains over time and getting to know the relationship between social media and burning out. What I think is interesting is that Dr. Dario Nardi, who does brain scans work, brain scan work related to personality types has noted that looking at our phone and doing work on our phone, like, like, even though it's like touted as recreational to do stuff on our phone, it's all analytic work and it lightens up the analytic side of our brain. And so it, it lends to executive functioning and not only with the attention deficit side of things, but attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, is also related to executive functioning. And we have challenges with executive functioning at times. And if you're very much trying to manage a YouTube channel or manage a social media account, or you're checking emails all the time, or even communicating online, doing a lot of writing, it's all analytic work. So doing stuff on our phone all day, all the time is analytic work. Even scrolling social media, scrolling TikTok, you're making decisions about what you want to watch and what you don't want to watch. Those are still analytic choices. What you like or don't like, what you want to comment on, what you want to share, all analytic choices. And so to really open up the other side of our brain, or really the holistic part of our brain, which is like more whole brain activity. There's really not a left brain, right, right brain relationship. There's more of a prefrontal cortex relationship as well as the, um, there's a dorsal, I believe it's called executive functioning, which is like just in front of, it's like between our eyeballs and our ears a little bit, but a little bit higher. It's kind of like the front of our brain, but just to the side, if that makes sense. And that part of the brain is responsible for loosening up our, uh, like social concerns or, uh, it's about awareness and using a more holistic part of our brain. Like that part of the brain is a little bit of a gateway to allowing a more holistic sense of ourselves to take place. It means loosening up, being more playful, being inhib uninhibited. I mean, that's a reason that people drink or participate in all sorts of, uh, you know, the marriage Jane and all sorts of things because they want to loosen up their brain. We do so much analytic stuff in our lives that we, it, it's not as built in to, to, to have more play in our lives, even with like Netflix or something where so much of the streaming, streaming services are about choosing something. It's not just turning on the TV and like, Oh, what's on, but it's making choices and you need more, we need more situations in which we are not making choices and experiencing the world and letting things emerge and all of that stuff. And I say you, I'm really talking about me, you know, that are letting these things kind of emerge. And so there's this belief that we have this like limited attention, this unlimited attention span or this unlimited amount of give in terms of, of, of analytic usage of our attention span and 
of our desires for attention as if like, we'll hit a number of likes and we'll be satisfied. <laughs> you know, um, there's this really interesting thing that I heard Billie Eilish say recently on the Conan O'Brien podcast about how she started doing stadiums. And when she started performing in stadiums, that it's very different than smaller intimate settings because you, and, and I've actually experienced something like this. I've been on the field for one of those like, um, fireworks at the baseball stadium kind of things. And you get to go on the field and watch the fireworks from the field, which is super cool. Once you get on the field and there are still thousands of people in the stadiums, you look up at the stadiums and you realize because of the lights and the, because of the way that it's all set up, you don't see the humans. It's just like a wallpaper of people and noise. And so there's a disconnect. You don't really feel like people are there with you. You don't really feel like people are paying attention. And I think maybe that's perhaps what she's talking about is that no one's really with you. And so when you're in a smaller, more intimate setting and actually conversing with human beings in person, and you can see that they're not on their phone, they're actually looking at you, they're listening to you, they're engaged in conversation. That feels fulfilling. That feels like an even exchange that feels safe. And so I've talked about in recent episodes about my exploration of oxytocin and oxytocin is a physical touch cuddle hormone, but it's about loyalty and trust as well. And if you're sharing a space with somebody and you know that they're listening and you know that they're with you, you feel safe and there's a sense of loyalty and trust. So if there's this attention seeking and deficit deficit happening, there's this reaching out of trust and you're not really able to get it because it's artificial and your, your chemicals are reacting, you know, you're seeking an oxytocin thing, but you're actually getting a dopamine hit and the greater the dopamine hit, the more that your, uh, the, the more times you get a dopamine hit, the more diluted it is. So he's talking about, or Chris Rock was talking about an attention addiction because yeah, it's the way that social media is set up where we're getting dopamine hits and making achievement associations with attention. So, you know, I've talked about oxytocin, I've talked about testosterone and, uh, serotonin and, uh, um, uh, what am I missing? And dopamine. Yeah. And those four chemicals make up what are called the, the four subtypes in personality that, you know, that, that I've been working on with my friends, a personality hacker. And, you know, these four subtypes are really interesting in that they can give a sense of how we value our, our how we, how we bring about chemical regulation. And so the social media could be creating more of a desire for dopamine, when we're actually trying to seek connection, we may be wired as maybe more of a harmonizing type that's seeking estrogen or, or oxytocin and not spending time in person with people to get that actual feeling. We may be trying to be forced to be more of the creative subtype, which is dopamine seeking when that's perhaps not part of our regular or regulating natural organic chemical system. And serotonin is an interesting balance too, because there is a being a part of a, 
a system and supporting a system element of serotonin, serotonin, which is also called the normalizing subtype. And that's like food and taking care of our body and more self-preservation type of needs. And then testosterone is like adrenaline, excitement, building things, um, you know, really doing a lot in the outside world and getting rewards for it, building businesses and getting the money and all of those things. Right. So, you know, I only briefly touch on the four subtypes, but it's really about the chemicals and the chemicals are for me becoming a reframe and understanding that it's not entirely mental health. It's more like chemical health and chemical fitness you know, chemical regulation and balancing and understanding where we're imbalanced. And I think a lot of us are imbalanced in this, you know, attention sense that we're looking for more dopamine hits when we're really seeking uh, connection, physical connection and bonding, or, you know, we might be looking for adrenaline, right? So it's like, if we look again at the four, ways that people garner attention. It's the achievement being infamous, showing your ass and being a victim. You know, you could translate being a victim to wanting someone to listen to you, someone to really hear you, to someone really be with you and sit with you, whether it's therapy or, or connecting with a friend or, um, or, or just, uh, having someone there for you, you know, social media is becoming a replacement for that, for that person who's trying to be, be or protect victims. Uh, being excellent could be about, uh, achievement in the dopamine sense, being a creative person, being expressive, being, um, someone that is doing really well and is, is doing so in a way that is actually, you're getting returns for it, right? Like you're, making money by being the best tennis player in the world, right? And actually getting life experiences out of it. And then you've got the being infamous side of things, which may be a part of uh, the testosterone part. You know, it, it could be the, um, uh, uh, the being provocative, you know, the being infamous, uh, uh, just being assertive and saying whatever. Um, and then like the showing your ass part, I don't know where that fits exactly, but it could be any of those really. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You could probably assert, yeah, you could associate any of those with that. I don't know, but, but either way, I, I'm not, I'm always trying to make uh, clean connections and I don't know that that actually works, but, but the idea here is that like, I think that if we're noticing the ways in which we're trying to seek attention, I think we can reverse engineer it to try to figure out what are we not getting in our daily life that we're trying to use social media to replace, right? Am I not getting a lot, enough hugs and love and attention and someone listening to me and bonding with somebody? Am I not taking creative risks and making interesting stuff and building a career out of that? Am I not focused on my nine to five job and the things that I need to put my attention towards 
Am I not speaking up in my industry or my organization? Am I not rising through the ranks? Am I not putting effort into that? And am I not showing my ass enough? (laughs) Am I not, you know, am I, am I not pursuing pleasure? Which could be that part of that, you know, am I not bringing more joy into my life? Am I not allowing myself to have fun, whether that's sexually with a partner or, uh, really touching upon my actual needs in, in some sense or another, you know, there's all sorts of questions you can ask about that, but ultimately asking the question of like, what is social media trying to replace? I think is a pretty powerful question to ask because our attention has limits and it's really about starting to ask ourselves. And I'm asking myself, like where is going to be a more potent place to put my attention And do I have the currency to put my attention in a place where it matters? Or am I just freely giving it away more often and then I have nothing to give when it matters? Like my literal attention is depleted when my kids are here and all I can think about is work. Or I'm at work and all I can think about is what's going on in the world. Or it's time for me to sit and create something And all I can think about is the way my parents didn't hold me when I was a kid, or it's time to be intimate with somebody. And all I can think about is someone else's ass on social media, (laughs) right? Like it's, it's split attention and stress is ultimately tension between two points. I'm here and I want to be there. And if we're creating so many associations with the internet about where we want to be versus where we are, then you can see how that creates so much stress and that simply valuing our attention more is how we turn the ship around in my own personal opinion. So if you like this podcast and you would like to have more of these episodes, please go to patreon.com slash happy chemicals to provide some support. That would be amazing. And uh, share this with a friend or share this with anyone that uh, would value it. I am Christian Rivera, a.k.a. C-Note. Thank you for listening to Happy Chemicals. And uh, I'll catch you on the next one. See ya.